It is said that Martin Luther loved the act of penances, which was by the Roman Catholic Church a means of grace, the confession of sins, the confession of wrongdoing, each one of them before a priest. And Martin Luther believed that without the confession of his sins, he would be devoured by the devil. Luther suffered anxiety. WordPress quotes Martin Luther's words. Luther was distressed with his sin and would often be heard asking, What can I do to win a gracious God? Oh, my sin, my sin, what shall I do with my sin? Join me, Z Chunga, and Pastor Confix Maclera again on All Things Reformed podcast. Pastor Confix, I began a bit by digging into Martin Luther here, and uh, theologians have agreed that perhaps the most profound question that Martin Luther was asking as he was seeking, and yet we know God was seeking him, he was asking the question. How can a sinner like me get right with God? And it didn't take long. The very first chapter of Romans, he found the answer. You may want to stay there, dear listener, and welcome back. Perhaps you may have a word, Pastor Confex. Just to say, I know some of the friends tuning in, uh, Roman Catholic, I just want them to know that I have nothing personal with them. And actually believe that there are some true believers in the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, But uh, we cannot change history. This is what happened. It's recorded in there. So they should not take it personal. I actually, actually, no, it's an interesting because I have some family members who are Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I think when they are listening, they think, well, this person is all guns blazing on us. It's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just presenting history the way uh, it has been. Mm-hmm. And history never lies. Anyway. 15, 17, yes. uh, October 31. Yeah. Before we come to 31st October, 1517, a brief background of Martin Luther. Exactly, because I wanted to, I wanted to, to ask, is, is Martin Luther angry at the church? Is Martin Luther looking for a way to leave the Roman Catholic Church? Yeah. Is Martin Luther looking for a way to start his own movement? What yes. is the agenda of Martin Luther on this particular date? Yeah, good question. And the answer, if we are sincere with history, is no. And we are going to see that uh, later on as we proceed with this episode. So the no actually also reflects the no for John Hart, even for Wycliffe. These are men that are looking for change within the Roman Catholic Church. They are not looking to break uh, yes. the church apart. Exactly, exactly. Because these men could have left the church. And it would have been safer for them to do that. Because no one would have harmed them. But they remained in the church. And when they are asked to recant or renounce what they have been saying, they say, no, we can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other better option would have been, well, you don't agree with me, I'm leaving, I'm going to start another church. And they never did that because that was their desire to remain in the church so that the church should be reformed by God's word. Right. So anyway, back to Martin Luther. Uh, I think a little background of him. So Martin Luther was born in a family that was very devout, Roman Catholic family, very devout. And um, in his family, typically at this time, I don't know if they are still doing it in the Roman Catholic right now, but they would have at least a saint that they'll be praying through, apart from Mary. Mm-hmm. And in his home, there is St. Anne, that his family is like a saint of this family. 
Uh, so his father wants him to be a lawyer, so he goes to study law. And it happens that one day he's going back home, there is thunder and lightning. It's raining so heavily. And Martin Luther is scared of the lightning and thunder. So he prays to the saint of their home, Saint, saint Anne. Anne. Yeah. And he says, Saint Anne, save me from this thunder and lightning, and I will become a monk. I will become a priest. Hmm. And um, for us, we say, the Lord answered the prayer. He saved Martin Luther. <laughs> it was not Saint Anne. Right. Yeah. Um, the Lord had mercy on Martin Luther. He saved him from this thunder. He managed to get home safely. And he had promised that he would become a monk. So he honored the promise that he made to St. Anne. So he joined the monastery. Uh, this is like a seminary where he's going to be trained to be a priest, to be a monk. So he goes through there. Now, one of and, 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 and Pastor Confucius, yes. I find this interesting because it shows us a, a, a Martin Luther who also did not have it together in the past. Oh, yes. He, 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 I mean, God had been working in his life as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. had gaps mm -hmm. in his knowledge of God yes. from his history. Mm -hmm. Actually, now, as we are looking at this, you and me, you can say, well, the Lord had begun to work in Martin Luther way before this. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the amazing thing about our salvation. We do not know exactly, know exactly when the Lord has begun to work in our life, but the Lord is at work. Because the temptation is to look at a Martin Luther, this giant oh, yeah. that knew everything. Oh, but yeah. no. Yeah, no. But no. He, yeah. he began just like most of us, yeah. growing in our knowledge of scriptures, growing in our love for God and all that. So, yeah, so uh, Luther promises um, St. Anne that he will become a monk. And for us, we see that he promised God. Uh, he honors his promise. He goes into the monastery, which is, a which is a seminary training ground for him to become a monk, to become a priest. And one of the things that is bothering Luther, the question that is always lingering on his mind is, how can a sinner like me get right with God? And that's what is troubling him. This is a huge question mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for all of us. Oh, yes. Um, and, uh, and, and I know even our dear listener uh, mm -hmm. may have or may be asking the same question, how yes. can I uh, be right with God? Yes. And, 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 and what does Martin Luther... How does the journey continue from that question? Yes, so I hope we can get there in this episode as well so that our dear listener can get the answer, right. how they can get right with God. Right. So as he's wrestling with this question, how do I get right with God? He goes to the head of their monastery and he says, well, you need to repent of your sin. Uh, so you know our friends of the Roman Catholic, they have a, a penance booth where you go and repent of your sin. Uh, the priest listens to your confession and he assures you of pardon. So Martin Luther goes there, he confesses all his sins that he could remember, and, and then the priest assures him, you have been forgiven, you go. And actually it is said that Martin Luther had a very sensitive conscience, so he would confess sins, but he would remember one more, he would go back, one more sin, maybe three more sins, he would do this again and again and again. Mm. But still Martin Luther is wrestling with this question. So he goes, through, uh, he goes through the monastery. At one point, the head of the monastery says, well, maybe he should go to the Holy Land, which is Rome. Mm. So that when he goes there, this is our Holy Land, uh, maybe he will find the answer. So he sends him to Rome. And Luther is shocked when he gets to Rome because things are even worse there than in his own home country because there's a lot of corruption. In, in the in, church. In Rome, yes, in the church. So sexual abuses in the church, sexual scandals, abuse of fans, and faithful preaching of the gospel. All those things are there in Rome. And Again, not strange for our generation today. Yeah, yeah. sadly, uh, we see this again even in our own time. Uh, that's why, again, just as we said in the first episode, 
the church need to continually reform according to God's word. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Luther is so much disappointed with his experience in Rome. So he returns home, uh, not very much helped. He's still struggling with that question, how do I get right with God? And then eventually he finishes his studies and is assigned to be a professor, a lecturer at uh, Wittenberg University in Germany. Mm. And this is 1515. And the book that he is assigned to teach, one of the books that he is assigned to teach, the books of the Bible, is the book of Romans. <laughs> and that, that's providence. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, providence of God, he's going to come to find the answer for his question. And it didn't take long. The very first chapter of Romans, when he came to Romans chapter number 1, verse 17, he found the answer. What does it say? And there, Paul, quoting from the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 4, he says, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of Ruther. And for the first time, he understands how he can get right with God. It's not by anything that he's going to do. It's not anything that he has done, but through faith in Christ alone. So it's by faith alone, nothing else. Faith alone in Christ alone, that's what will make him righteous before God. Justification by faith. It's justification by faith. That salvation is by faith in Christ, as we read in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. So this was very huge, you can imagine, Ruther. The question has finally been answered. For me to get right with God is by faith alone, believing in Christ alone. So he begins to teach that. Now, by at Wittenberg. Yes. So he's teaching this uh, to his students, that salvation is by faith alone. Now, that's the deal breaker there. Mm. Because the Roman Catholic Church teaches that salvation is by faith. They teach that it's by faith, but it's they, not alone. It's not alone. There are other things. To yes. Them. Like so, what? So by faith and the sacramental system of the Roman Catholic Church, you need to observe that sacramental system. So your faith in Christ plus that saves you. So you're talking of uh, baptism, you're talking of uh, uh, the mass, you're talking of the uh, Holy Communion, Eucharist, and all that. Those are all used to save you. So it's by faith in Christ plus this sacramental system. And Martin Luther begins to teach, no, it's by faith alone, going against the teaching of the church. This is 1515. Yeah, 1515, that's when uh, Luther comes to this understanding and is going to teach. Uh, and he's going to speak against some things in the church. It's not just this other thing that he's seeing as well. He's speaking against them. But he's doing it on a smaller scale. Mm. Uh, he's teaching students in Germany. I mean, who cares what happens in Wittenberg? Mm. So I believe at this point, Rome hasn't gotten hold of what he's teaching. Until October 31st, 1517. Now, what happens now? Well, another thing, and we looked at this during the time of Haas, was the indulgences. Right. Now, indulgences were tokens, were like cards that you would buy. Now, the purpose of this for the Roman Catholic Church was they were renovating the St. Peter's Basilica, which is, the, I believe, the largest cathedral of the Roman Catholic Church in Rome. Okay. They were renovating it, and they needed funds for that renovation. So one of the ways 
that they decided they are going to raise funds was through the selling of indulgences. Uh, the funds coming from there will be used to renovate the St. Peter's Basilica. Now, the indulgences, as I was saying, they were, they were tokens that you would buy. Now, our friends in the Roman Catholic Church believe that when you die, there are three possible places to go. There is hell, there is heaven, and in between hell and heaven is what is called purgatory. And this is a place where only members of the Roman Catholic Church can go. And the people who go into purgatory are those who have some sins that need to be dealt with so that they can be transferred to heaven. So God's... So the sins are not dealt with in their life. In their life. They have died they with still some have sins. sins. Yes, but they are still the members of the Roman Catholic Church. So they would say that they are saved, but still remaining with some things to sort out. Mm. Very complicated for us who are reformed because we know already that uh, there's only one way of salvation. You believe in Christ, you are saved. And that's then all. you die once and then the judgment. Judgment, mm. again. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's the theology of the Roman Catholic Church. And they still hold on to that up to now. Okay. So the indulgences were for those who have gone to purgatory. So if you and me have a relation who has died, and we know that they have gone to purgatory, we can buy a token, this indulgence, and by buying that, the saints and the church will pray for their souls so that they are transferred from purgatory to heaven. Hmm. Yeah, so that is what is happening. So uh, the emperor of Germany had banned these. They said, no, don't bring them to Germany. But eventually the Pope had made a deal with the emperor there, with the leader there, with the king there to say, well, if uh, we sell indulgences, you can get some funds and some funds will go toward the renovation of St. Peter's Basilica. And uh, the king was attracted to this, so he allowed the indulgences to come to Germany. The love of money. Oh, yes. is the root it's of the root. all evils. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, We see this again and again, sadly. And now Luther hears that that the indulgences are coming to Germany. And he's so angry, he's so mad, because he sees that the teaching of indulgences is not biblical. Christ. And the members of the Roman Catholic Church, do they have access to the Bible? No, they no. Don't. No, remember, the Roman Catholic Church stand is that, well, don't give the Bible to an ordinary man, because he's going to be confused. He will not fully understand it. So mm -hmm. many people don't even understand what the Bible teaches about life after death. So if the Pope says it, oh yeah, it is true. You believe it. You believe it. Yeah, so anyway, the indulgences are coming. And now, because this is a well-coordinated plan, because they want to raise more money, so they hire a special person to sell indulgences. A salesman. A salesman. And he's very good and very... He's, <laughs> he's the best one of all time. And who is this? Uh, John Tezo. And he comes up with a tagline, a sales line. And he says this... Um, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, so the coffer is where he's getting the money, he's collecting money, using the coffers to collect money. So he said, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul in purgatory springs. And you can see, uh, what, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the rhyme oh, there. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is a wonderful tagline, very memorable. Once I put my coin in there in the coffer, the soul of my relation right away springs Spring. from purgatory to heaven. 
and people are flocking there to buy indulgences. And Luther says, no way, you're not going to do this in Germany. So now he takes advantage of this. I don't want just to discuss indulgences. I see so many things wrong with the church. So he lists them up to 95 things that he disagrees with the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, at this time, uh, the door of the church is used as a notice board for the community. People come to the door of the church to read updates, what's going on in our community and all that. So he takes it and nails it there on the door so that people can read and say, well, there's a debate. I would like to debate with the leadership of the Roman Catholic Church. Are these things biblical? Pastor Confix, let's conclude our uh, episode today by looking at what happens to Martin Luther immediately after he, uh, after he posts the thesis on this door. How does the story end for now? And then we'll pick it up from there. Oh, yeah. So he nails there. And he's waiting for the Roman Catholic Church. Actually, he has called on them to say, come, and we're going to debate on this. So he's waiting to hear a response from the Roman Catholic Church. But his students are so much excited because they have heard him teaching these things in, 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 in the classroom for a long time. Now they say, wow, the professor's gone beyond the classroom. He wants the public to be involved in this. But, and again, Luther, as, you, as, as we have already said, he's not interested in causing division in the church. He uses Latin the language of the scholars. Because he said, I want to debate this with fellow scholars. But the students are so excited, they say, no, we're going to translate this into German so that ordinary people should read. What is Dr. Luther saying? So they translate it in the local language, and soon fire catches the entire nation. This is what Luther is saying against the church. And, and by posting this, he's challenging the Pope directly. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the Pope is going to respond. Later on, of course, he doesn't respond right away, but he says... Arise, O Lord, and judge your own cause. Because uh, he refers to Martin Luther and said, The wild boar from the forest seeks to destroy your church. Mm. In other words, he said, Lord, arise. There is a madman in the church who wants to disturb the peace of the church, who wants to destroy your church, and refers that to Martin Luther. We finish there for today's episode. What do we see the Lord doing in this story? Yeah, so one, one of the things for sure that uh, we can be comforted from is that the Lord will always have his people mm. who are concerned with the truth of the scriptures. And these are not sinless men. They're not sinless men. Yeah. Uh, they might, often they might be in minority, and in this case it's Luther now. Uh, for sure there were others, I believe, but uh, Luther is the one that we're focusing at right now. A minority, but a weak man, a sinful versal. But the Lord is going to use him mightily to bring a change that will just not impact his own time, but even up to now in these years that we are living in. This also is where we leave it for today. Please email us your thoughts about the program and any questions you may have. You can email us on atreformed at gmail.com atreformed, one word, at gmail.com you can also inbox us on all things reformed podcast page on Facebook.